Blog Talk Radio. from time to time. 
And we don't always give them the right information about their academic ability. And I've seen it all too often where a kid might say to a teacher, how did I do on that test, Mr. Burns? And the teacher may fumble along and say, well, you did okay, everything's all right, blah, blah. You know, you'll have to look it over again maybe. Well, maybe you failed would be the right answer. Now, I understand that we don't want to affect someone's self-esteem, but I will share this with you. Someone is going to affect their self-esteem far more than we ever could because once the kid finds out the truth about his true ability down the road by someone else who doesn't care if someone comes in and gives him a hard time or yells at him like a parent uh, because the kid's not doing too well, uh, he will wonder why someone wasn't upfront and honest with him about how he was doing scholastically. And sometimes kids discover this when they're getting ready to go to college, when they sit down and, and start to take uh, and prep up for the SATs, uh, or they have to take advanced-level courses and they find out that they can't do it, and they wonder why they can't and why no one told them certain information. And it's important. It's very important. And the level of dysfunction that we have today, societally, culturally, and in the country, is stratospheric. There are more things wrong with people than there are right from time to time. And that doesn't mean that, you know, somebody's got something wrong with them, can't be a great guy and a, a great gal and so on. But what it does mean is often they have a skewed view of who they are. And we have got to, with kids, give them the right information about how they are doing scholastically. And kids, I mean, they can get A's for a variety of reasons. Uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go over some of them with you, but... For goodness sakes, I mean, a kid could cram 10 minutes before the test and just happen to have everything right there. A kid could uh, cheat. Uh, sometimes teachers can be very benevolent and so on and give the kids grades, give a kid a grade that is well beyond what his academic ability really is. And when I was a kid, when I was growing up, there was nothing better for me than to bring home a report card that had good grades on it. I mean, I wanted good grades. And I certainly wasn't a straight-A student, but I did manage to get my share of A's and B's, and I also got my share of C's and D's. And so I guess you might say I was probably an average student. Uh, not too bad, not too good, but I was average. And my parents, mostly my dad, always checked my report card, and he questioned any low grades that I had. He'd ask me what was going on. Uh, I remember one time I shared with him, I said, uh, I don't think the teacher likes me. Well, that was like the wrong thing to say. Because he said, forget like. He says, I'm not buying that. He says, the teacher's there to do a job. 
You have a job to do. Just get it done. And it doesn't matter what the delivery system is. You've got the information. You have to perform. So they question my grades, and they always encouraged me to do better when they felt that I wasn't working up to my abilities. And that's something that is very key for a parent, to understand what their kid's ability really is. Because we don't expect anyone to do real well if cognitively they really don't have the ability. But what we're looking at here is effort and putting in the time to study and do well. And today, good grades are still a benchmark that determines if a student is going to be promoted or retained, even though we don't retain a whole lot of kids anymore. Retention is not something that you find in schools today. And the higher-achieving students who are in high school usually do strive for good grades. The kids that are looking to get into colleges and so on, they take rigorous courses because they know that their class ranking, among among other things, will determine the type of college that they're going to get admitted to. So those kids are going to do well in spite of anything that the teacher has to say or how well the teacher teaches. They want the A's, the A-pluses. They want the high grades. They want to be in high-level classes. And good grades are something that everyone wants. And for some reason right now, they're just about what everyone gets. And the two questions that I have are these. Does everyone who gets a good grade deserve it? That's the first question. <laughs> Does everyone who gets a good grade deserve it? You know, do they do they really deserve to get an A? Is their performance A-level performance? And is that grade, that good grade, a reasonable indicator of the kid's ability. And I think that we have to evaluate that a little bit. Because if you're giving kids A's and their ability is not A ability, by, by A I mean a grade, what are we communicating to that kid that he's actually smarter or he's doing okay when in reality he may need to work harder, but we don't want to tell him. We don't want to give him that information for fear of many things. Now, I remember when I was a freshman in high school and I struggled with Algebra one. This was the toughest class I had taken to that point. I didn't know that stuff at all, and I couldn't catch on no matter what. I had a great teacher, and she was just an absolute, you know, work with you, do anything that she had to do to make sure you passed. She knew her stuff. She tried everything. 
okay, and she really wanted to get me through this subject. She really did. I failed the class. I failed Algebra 1. And, you know, back then you only had to take three years of math, so I figured, well, I failed it. I could take it again maybe my senior year or something like that. Um and we'll see where it goes. So I told my father that, that, you know, I would take the class again in my sophomore year, my senior year, or something like that. And he would not hear of it. And he parked me in summer school. Now, here's where the rubber met the road. When I went to summer school, I had a general understanding of what was going on in Algebra 1 because I just came out of an Algebra 1 class, which I failed. But when I ended up, when I finished summer school, I had such a grasp of that subject matter, and I knew how to perform. I took the tests. I worked hard, and I really caught on. I knew algebra one and my i'll tell you what my grade was only a c i understood the material i mastered the content and i felt terrific about that i really did i had this stuff down pat i mean i knew how to do equations i knew how to do word problems I knew how to do all kinds of stuff. I was good at what I did. Now, I went into my sophomore year, and I took Algebra 2. And you know what happened? The first few marking periods of Algebra 2 are very basic reviews of Algebra 1. I ended up getting an A in the class. And folks... That was one A that I really felt I earned. I felt terrific about the grade. Okay, but moreover, I even felt better because I really now knew the subject matter. And the idea that I could have gotten, let's just say the teacher that I had for Algebra 1 was very benevolent to me because she liked me, or I was a good guy, or I wasn't a behavior problem, or whatever the case was, and she handed me a D in the class. And I did not have the prerequisite skills maybe to move into Algebra 2. I probably would have failed Algebra 2, because I really didn't have a grasp of the material. She might have said, "Hey, you know Burns is a great guy. Let's give him a let's let's give him a D and and, and push him through." She didn't do that. <coughs> Excuse me. She failed me, <clears throat> and I ended up in summer school. Took algebra one over again, and when I got into algebra two, I had a grasp of the subject matter. I really knew it, and man, I want to tell you, there is nothing better than earning an A like that. No benevolence, no help, no, uh, you know I didn't cheat, 
worked hard, got it down. And therein lies the difference between just getting a good grade or a passing grade and really mastering the content. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do we do that today? Do we really put the pressure on kids or really make kids do work over? I teach a course in in brain-based learning. As a matter of fact, I'm teaching it right now. And one of the biggest things I hammer away at is the fact that kids have to, and it's part of the course, have to memorize material in order for them to learn it. There was a, a, a slogan or a saying out years ago, learning is fun. Learning's not fun because the definition we have for learning today and the definition of what real learning is is totally different. You don't sit in a class and by osmosis and do the work and so on and by osmosis learn the material. You learn the material by memorizing it. Material has to be memorized and committed to your long-term memory. If it's not, you're going to forget it. But kids take a test today. They may do poorly. They may get help, whatever the case may be. As long as they can show that they – that maybe they – I mean, the effort was great, you know, and so on, but they did not get to a point where the material was committed to their memory. And we live in a world today where, you know, certain things have to be committed to memory. We all have to know how to do certain very basic facts. And I can't tell you how many kids can't tell time, don't know their times tables. Many of them are using calculators, digital watches, and the like because no one took the time or they were not put in a position where they had to memorize and learn how to do certain things. And life is an indivisible whole. I mean, you don't reach into your pocket on a on any given day to to, to pay the clerk, you know, at a 7-Eleven or in a store and say, oh, I'm doing math now. The reason that things are second nature to us is because of the fact that we've memorized a lot of material. We know how to do things because they're memorized. And once we get it memorized and our body starts to follow through and our mind and our body work together, now we've really got content mastered. Learning is not fun. Learning is a very difficult thing to do if it's done correctly and I think that's something that we have to really get our our head wrapped around you can't go just go out and give kids great grades because they you know you like them they have to earn the grade and they have to master the material and I realize the old saying 50% of life is just showing up but the other 50% is what you do when you show up My name is Jim Burns. Right now you are in the Bullyproof Classroom. 
the number 646-595-4965. Again, that number is 646-595-4965. Now, a student can earn an A in a class for a lot of reasons. And I shared a few of them with you. Now, they can be a hard worker and apply themselves. Again, benevolence from the teacher. Or sometimes the teachers are forced to give A's or forced to give good grades. Kids may cheat on tests or quizzes. Sometimes cooperative groups are part of it, where four or five kids are sitting together and working on working on a project together, and the project gets turned in. They all get a good grade on it. Maybe only one kid worked on the whole thing. In the last 20 years, the grading system has become progressively more liberal, and teachers almost never fail students anymore. You don't even want to, we can't even put an F on a report card because we don't want the kid to feel bad. You can't use a red pen because you're afraid the kid will feel bad when he sees all the corrections that are made. I can remember several years back in North Jersey, there was this battle for the valedictorian of a school. And six kids were within nano points of, of getting, uh, being awarded the valedictorian of the school. And uh, the parents kicked up such a stink parents were, were absolutely nuts, all six of them, uh, or all 12 of them, whatever it was, and what happened was they gave all of them the valedictorian. All six kids became valedictorians of one school. Try to explain that to a college. Maybe you and one of the other kids are applying to the same school. I was valedictorian of the school. Well, so was I. Well, how many valedictorians did you have? too afraid to tell one kid that he didn't that he didn't get the award that he, that he didn't receive and wasn't allowed to give that valedictory speech now i think that the reason why the grading system in school has become so liberal is because of parental pressure which is exactly what happened in that val valedictorian situation and sometimes teachers are told by administration that they can't fail kids. Too much heat from the community. Parents have kids in high school, and they know that the competition that's out there to get into college is great. Tremendous competition to get into colleges. And parents will come in. kid receives a B in the class. They know it could throw off the kid's class ranking. And the kid may not get into the college that they want. So teachers fear giving low grades. District scrutiny says if they fail too many students, those failing, failing grades are just a reflection of poor teaching, which it may not be. That may not be the truth. And that's something that we have to be aware of. It may not be poor teaching. It may just be poor learning. I know everybody doesn't learn the same way. But everybody has to learn a way. 
and that and that way is a way that helps them comprehend material now grades are viewed by society as an indicator of student success there's no question about it that's the grade is it tells us that this kid is successful the current brain research tells us that in order to determine if a child has mastered school-related material, they have to show that they retain the information 24 to 48 hours after they've been given a test. Now, think about that for a minute. What grade would a kid get on a test if he took the same test two days later? Do you think he would... Say he got a 99 on the test. You think he'd get a 99 two days later on the same test where you didn't make him aware that you were going to give it to them and you didn't give time for quick review right before the test? If they remember the material that they that was on the test and that they scored the 99 on, if they remember it two days later, you know then that they mastered the material because it's committed to their long-term memory. So if a student takes a social studies test on World War II and receives a grade of an A, does that mean that they mastered the content? Probably not. It means they remembered enough information in order to get the A, but it doesn't mean that they've mastered the material. And the only way to really be sure that they really have mastered is to give a test two days later. Now, that may seem a little bit unrealistic. And I don't know if schools would be ready to do that. But you know what? Sometimes it don't hurt. Sometimes it doesn't hurt to drill and kill and get kids to really get to a point where the material that you're teaching them It can roll off their tongue just like part of a conversation with a good friend. Now, I had a a friend many years ago, and her son was attending Dartmouth College. And And I want to tell you something. This kid didn't have one A on his transcript, and I mean his final high school transcript. And he never worried about grades, and neither did his mother. He had all A-pluses on the transcript, by the way, and he was taking high-level courses with a lot of weight to them and a lot of rigor. He was more concerned about learning the content of the course. The good grades came as a result of his attitude about learning. He didn't measure himself based on the grade. He measured himself based upon his knowledge about how much he learned and how much he remembered. When he took a class, he always tried to figure out what he was what he had to do and what he had to get out of the teacher or out of the textbook if the teacher wasn't too good. He didn't care who the teacher was. It really didn't didn't matter. 
give me the book. I'll sit and listen to the lecture, do the activities, whatever it is, but I'm getting an A or an A-plus in this class if that's possible. It didn't matter how the material was taught, nothing. He applied himself as a student, and he worked to master the content. We don't have that today. What we have, what we have today, what we have today, are kids who are handed good grades, and they're not scholastically at the point where they need to be, and they are given a skewed view of how well they perform. That's the real problem. And we can't have it. Because as kids grow older, they get angry when they find out that they're not as smart as they used to, as they as they think they are. And the other thing that happens is when they're presented with new material, which they will be throughout their entire life, if in fact, if in fact, they even fumble through the initial stages of trying to learn it. If they don't do well, they give up. And that's a problem. It's a problem if you start a new job and and you don't know exactly what to do and you have to be taught what to do and you're unteachable because you think you know more than what you actually do know. We are trying here in the Bullyproof Classroom to help kids. And that's something that I think is absolutely critical in terms of making sure kids know the truth about who they are, what they're doing, and so on. Successful people don't worry about a grade. They don't. They're more concerned about what they're going to learn. And knowledge to them is sacred. And they work to get as much of it as they can. Hear that again. Successful people don't worry about a grade. They are more concerned about what they are going to learn. Knowledge to them is sacred, and they work to get as much of it as they can. And I think that's something that we have to drill into a, a youngster's head about how important it is to get knowledge. Yeah, you know, The unemployment rate today in this country is somewhere around 10%. And they did a, a study, and they found out that 90% of that 10% is is um, are people who never went to college. So 90% of the 10% of the people who are unemployed didn't go to college. And that bodes, that says a tremendous amount for the importance of knowledge and education. Knowledge, not grades, create competition. 
how much you know creates competition. And good colleges are filled with good students who have worked very hard to get where they are and who want to stay where they are. And I'm not going to say that kids, you know, if, if the kid got a B and he worked hard and he still got a lot of knowledge, he'd be happy with the knowledge that he got. But ex excellent students like receiving an A, but they know that the grades that they've received are only the indication that they've truly mastered what was taught. And this is something that we have to begin to take a look at. You could find this lecture, this talk, the transcript of it at www.bullyproofclassroom.com. The title of this article is Good Grades Are Nice, But Mastery Is Better. You can also find it in the blog section of the, uh, of the Regional Training Center's website at www.thertc.net. You know, we struggle today educating our students, but I often wonder, you know, if the struggle is with the wrong people. I think the struggle is more with the parents than it is with the kids. And it's something that we have to be aware of. What parents do in moderation, children do in excess. And what, what parents, um, whatever habits they develop, whatever things they do that are in moderation, kids will always pick up and do them at a much higher level. And kids argue with their parents a lot today. They argue and they complain about the teacher. Do yourself a favor, will you? If your kid comes home and he has a complaint about a teacher or about something that happened with them, do me this favor. Wait two days before you respond or react to it. Because if you do that, if you do that, you'll give your son or your daughter an opportunity to figure the thing figure things out on their own. We as parents can't always be there for our kids. I'm not sitting in a classroom with my with my daughter. She's sitting in there on her own. And I have to prepare my children to be able to perform in my absence, not just in my presence. And they have to be scholastically ready to do that. They have to be scholastically ready to do it. They have to be emotionally ready to do it. They have to be mentally ready to do it. And they will not be able to do it if I always get in the way or if they have a view of themselves that's inaccurate. Get out of the way as a parent. Get out of the way. Let kids handle some of this stuff on their own. And you might discover that they're smarter than you think they are. Kids will do poorly in school. Parents will go in, argue, and before you know, teacher might change the grade. Get out of the way. Let the professionals do the job of educating kids. Stop fighting and arguing for their weaknesses. 
and let them find out that they're not doing well. And then inform them of it and then get them prepared to be able to do better down the road. But if we keep demanding that they get something that they're not deserving of, we will communicate to them that they're functioning at a higher level than they really are. And I'm not going to get into it again, and I've shared this many times before, about everybody getting the trophy. Everyone doesn't succeed, and they need to be told why they're not succeeding and what they need to do to do better. My daughter received a trophy at a uh, some type of soccer banquet, along with 15 other girls. And on the way home in the car, she said to me, Dad, I don't know why everyone got this trophy. Half the team didn't show up for practices. They didn't participate. I think we should have three trophies that we give out. Most improved, most valuable player in sportsmanship. And I couldn't agree more. Everyone doesn't deserve an award in school. I was talking about it today. It was it was very interesting. You know, how kids should receive rewards as reinforcement for their behavior. Well, what were, let me explain to you what we're actually doing there. If a youngster is misbehaving, let's just say something small like he he uh, uh, standing up when he's not supposed to stand up, can't stay in his seat. And he sits down, he gets rewarded. Now, staying in a seat is something that he should be doing anyway. But here's what happens. He doesn't stay in a seat. When he sits down, we reward him. Look at that from the perspective of a kid who always stays in a seat. If I get up and spend enough time out of my seat, I'm going to get the same reward as this guy. So I might as well get out of my seat, make it difficult to sit me down, and then when I do sit down, I'll get a reward. And often we reward kids for things that they should be doing anyway, like being on time to school, being respectful, and being prepared. Are you kidding me? Reward. You get a reward for what you do that's over and above what you were supposed to do. That's what you get a reward for. Character education. Everyone gets a a character education achievement certificate. The quality we're working on today, this month, or this week, or whenever it is, is neatness. And the kid picks up a piece of paper off the floor and he gets the neatness award. Meanwhile, you walk into some high school cafeterias and they need snow shovels to clean up the debris. It is something that we need to consider. Everyone doesn't get it. Everyone is not an A student. People deserve the truth. They're going to find out the truth down the road. 
And then they're really going to be upset when they get into the upper levels of school, like 10, 11, 12 years old, when they get into what I call mental puberty at around 10 years old, and they discover I'm just not as smart as everyone has made me out to be. And, And grades are harder to come by, and I just can't shake it now, and I thought I was smarter than this. We got to be truthful. We got to be honest. We have to make sure that kids know who they are and what their abilities are. If not, we're going to have angry kids. You know what angry kids do? Angry kids fight, argue, give you a hard time, disrespectful. And then we're dealing with a behavior problem. Let's start to change it up a little bit, see what happens. Believe me, if we do, we'll be better off. And you know what? It can't start with kids that are uh, 10, 11, 12. Can't do it. Got to start it when kids are little. When the improvement needs to be shown, that's when it starts. When they're little, when they're five years old, get them. Get them and tell them you're not working up to your ability. Tell the parents to make them aware of it. Move forward. Somebody told me, I think that we can tell somebody else if, in fact, that's the case. I'm not saying go telling kids that they're they're uh, not doing well if they're if they're working up to potential and and they are uh, trying as hard as they can, and if or if they have uh, cognitive d- difficulties that they can't overcome. That part I got, but let's not lie to kids and make them believe that they're doing better than what they really are. Good grades are nice. Mastery is better. Always understand that. Make sure that your kids got it. They got the. They have a, a clear understanding of what you taught them, and don't be awarding grades that they don't deserve. Remember, folks, we are on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and search the Bullyproof Classroom. You'll find us there. You can download all these podcasts. Please go to the website www.bullyproofclassroom.com. Check it out. Uh, You'll find a lot of great stuff there, and I'm sure you'll enjoy this article that I just shared with you. Um, We are going to be doing our professional development training starting probably in maybe a week to think we're going to start. Uh, And we're going to have that up. I'll be advertising that very soon. First module, Strengthening the Victim. Uh, I think everyone will enjoy that. Next module is Dealing with Irate Parents and Parents that Bully. I think everyone will really enjoy that one. We got a great section in there on how to deal with deal with unplanned parent conferences when a parent comes in and is looking for your head for something that you did to their kid. That happens a lot. It, it, it what, what is really amazing in this era today, where you know where doors are locked, jammed, chained, and everything else. Nobody can get in. You get buzzed in security systems and everything else. If an irate parent wants to get to you, they'll get to you. They'll find you. They'll wait for somebody to open the door and they'll walk in. And they'll find you because they got a bone to pick with you and always understand that. They don't go away. And if you go to bed at night thinking of a parent, you got a problem. 
because that parent is just instilling fear and is intimidating you and maybe even harassing you. So be aware of that. We're going to be doing a, a whole program on that, and that's going to be coming up. And you can, you'll probably be able to take that within the next three to four weeks. My name is Jim Burns. You have been in the Bullyproof Classroom. This has been Blog Talk Radio. I I appreciate those who may have been listening. Uh, if you are listening and you know someone that might enjoy this, please tell them to check out the archives on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you will enjoy them thoroughly. Go to iTunes. Do what you have to do, but get some of this stuff. I think it's very valuable to anyone who wants to make lasting change. Again, thank you for listening. We will have the anti-bullying tip of the week every Monday. Please tune in 6.30. Some of the shows are pre-recorded. Listen, everybody, you have a great night. Thank you.